0: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Bobby. I am joined today with Jara from Jara Young Designs. She is an incredible jewelry maker and designer and also creates malas and lives a life rooted in wellness. Um, She is a small business owner, mom of two. She currently lives in San Diego and loves being in the community, sharing her custom pieces at local farmer's markets. She has quite the story to tell of how she once was a behavior specialist with autistic children. And then she had an accident happen and your retina detached, am I correct? Yes. Which sounds so painful. And then it got you into jewelry making. So welcome to the show. I am so glad to have you on today.
1: you, I'm so glad to be here. Yes, uh, I live in San Diego. And uh it's just a weird thing that happened to me. It's uh I worked with autistic kids, I've worked with them for almost over 20 years as a behavioral specialist. And I started when um there wasn't anything in schools. Um so we were a company that was hired outside to go into homes or into the school, whatever their needs were. And so that's what I did and I absolutely loved it. And I was lucky enough to start volunteering. in a a field um, that I really loved and I knew San Diego was the Mecca. And so once I got done with college, I played ball in college, and I was here um, in 98. So it's been amazing to be in a place where you know that you have an influence or an impact on people, especially children. And so it was interesting, uh, the transition that I had, it was so organic. Uh, I had an accident uh, like 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. And how to equate um, autistic children, everybody wants to cookie cutter them. And it's so vastly different, just like we are. And uh, it's so hard to put them in boxes. And I worked with children that um, other people um, were either intimidated by, and so I really was proud of the fact that I was able to get things out of others um, and make their lives better, I guess. But having an accident and being punched It was really an eye-opening experience, no pun intended, but several surgeries and I lost um, part of my sight in my left eye and life goes on. um, And I still worked with the autistic kids. And then um, three and a half years ago, my other eye detached for no reason. And so um, just for no reason, just no trauma, no nothing. And so when you have detached retinas, normally it's an older, um, when you're older. And so me, so young happen and have people like, Oh, my God, you know, they expect somebody really in their 70s and 80s, because it's a degenerative thing. Anyway, so when I my second eye detached, I had no sight. And so my friend was like, Listen, I know you believe in God. um, But I think you need something other something to bring that intention to you all that positive energy. And so she's like, Do you know what a mall is, you know how to meditate? I'm like, I have no idea. So many ideas in my mind. So the, the thought of quieting my mind was really daunting. And so I think um, it really helped me put in perspective and have balance in a time where it was figuratively dark as well as a time where I knew I had to shift. I was newly divorced, three jobs and two small kids looking up to me. And so to me, if I was going to be blind, I wanted to be the best, I, I know that sounds really cliche, the best blind person I could be and how that looked. I didn't want to look back or marinate in it. So for me, the thought of if, it wasn't a thought, it's not if, it's when I get my or when I get on to g- gathering my life and moving forward. So meditating and malas was, it just fell into my lap. And so I started gifting people malas. And the, let me back up when I was in surgery, uh, because I had so many surgeries and mm-hmm. of the me, They would actually let me hold my mala. And then when I would go to sleep, they would take it and then put it back in my hand. And they would always put like, okay, come on, Team Jarrett, you know, let's go. Because (laughs) wanted it to go so well. And at the last surgery, they said, if it doesn't work, we're going to bring the Center for the Blind into your house. My dad had to move in. So it was a really, um, it should have been a scary time for me. And um, I felt that I was very calm in that moment, even though I was looking at some serious issues so and it just started from there so I gifted people malas and then my boyfriend ran the farmer's market and he said what do you think about putting up a table and so I literally had like a dinner tray table yes and, malas, and my dad made me this bracelet stand and I had maybe 10 mala- uh, 10 bracelets and I gave them all the way <laughs> um and I just and I started setting up and um it's really crazy. You never know who's going to walk around the corner or who you're going to affect. What a smile, what a hello will do for anybody. So the second week I was there and you have to remember my boyfriend uh, um, had been doing this for a really long time. And so he's seen people come and go hundreds of people come and go through the market with their products, their pieces, and really feel you know that they have something to offer. So when he saw it happen in front of his eyes, it was really a cool experience. So I'm set up at the farmers market in Ocean Beach, California, uh-huh. and then around the corner, and he picks up the bracelets and he goes, "What are you doing here?" And he goes, "We're doing this." And so he picks up some of my bracelets. You know, he goes, "I'll take these." I have like seven of them, and I was like, "Oh," you know, it's so exciting because I'm like 20, 40, 60. You know, I'm thinking, right? You know, i to try to make a go of it because I didn't have a big girl job. I didn't have a plan. Right. I just really, I, I'm naive of the fact that I'm going to do this, you know, and other people who do do it usually have something else sustaining them. Right. Like it's like a dream or like a side gig or whatnot. So that's what I felt where I was going to be, you know, like I'll do this for a couple months and then I'm going to have to, you know, kind of shift and get into another, another situation. So we had this conversation and I told him about my story. And He goes, Oh my God, he goes, I would really like to have a meeting with you. And I think that, you know, you have great ideas. He was an investor for a watch company called Original Grain, Paul Buss.
0: Wow. He had
1: a position to design for these watches. And I would pair the bracelets with these watches. And so I, I mean, incredible. it was just incredible. And so when I went down there, which is like, you know, just be careful, you know, make sure you're aware, you know, he could be selling you a bag of goods because it's like your story is just Phenomenal. And I, I think it's the, the way you look at it, your perspective, and how you attract people to your story, I think. And I don't want it to define me, I just want people to understand that you never know organically how something's going to work out. So even though you're, you're kind of, we're all based in fear a little bit, you have to let it unfold naturally and have the confidence that there was nothing I could do during that time, right? I couldn't eat any better, I mm-hmm. could I let it be. And I had to track so it really taught me the power of positive thinking and and having those people like-minded around you I guess is, is the point of that story and so I had to have other jobs right and so when I went into this gig he's like let's do it for a month and you're going to design some pieces and I want to see what you bring to me and I was like oh my God. God. he bought all the material and I was like so because at that point I mean I was rubbing two nickels together you know what i mean i was when i was blinded i was almost lost my house i was 13 days away from losing in financial foreclosure um and so it it kind of clicked i was like oh my god if i have to buy these materials i'm not gonna be able to do it and that's mortifying, right and right. he i oh got it you know and he really put my mind at ease so the creative flow was so natural and i just feel so blessed to have been able to do that and you know so that's that's how that started and then i just started doing it from there and i did it for a year and I met some incredible people and I was able to get my branding strip and it was just amazing. So
0: that's how I started. That is such an incredible story. And I think it's not only only a testimony to you and how you've transformed like in that scary, dark place. Like you almost lost your house. You didn't know what was going to happen. You're out of work. And I feel like there are so many people right now going through these same situations of like, you don't know where like the next job's gonna come. You don't know when the unemployment's gonna run out. If you even qualify for unemployment, right. you don't know what's going to happen. And you're at this place that I've been speaking about and you're just preaching to the choir here on these life transitions of like, you've got to step into that fear and say, why not me? Like, why can't I do this? The one thing that a lot of us have right now is that time. And that's what you had at this place. And the power of connection is huge. Like anybody you meet today can literally transform your life. Like me hanging out with you today, even though we're doing it virtually, I I've got numerous stories the same way of like, just how somebody stepped into my life and things instantly changed. So no matter what somebody's going through, like here is both of us saying you like, it's going to get better. You just have to believe in it and believe in yourself. Yes. And have that confidence,
1: I think, to stand alone. I think, you know, I had my dad and I had um, my two children, but I think the idea of doing something alone or having somebody sit in judgment of you um, was really tough for me um, because I wanted to make it on my own. I wanted to have two things stay consistent, their school and where they lived. That was very important. To me. Um, and you don't want to seem like a failure, but you have two small children that have no idea what's going on and they're looking up to you. So it's not a choice. You know what I mean? When you just have one parent that is a functioning member of their life, you know? And so for my father to step in and to move into my house, they had to be picked up by the same bus of the children that I taught. And they were on the bus for an hour and 15 minutes um, each way. So it was very um, lovely that they could be picked up. Um, in a time where I couldn't even drive, you know, I was almost about to lose my license. Um, so organically, you just have to understand that things happen for a reason. And if you muddle it or marinate in that negativity, you can't come out of that. There's a, um, a saying like the lotus flower comes from the deepest, muddiest waters and the hardest to grow out of, right? Mm-hmm. And then out of the and muck comes this most glorious flower. The lotus flower, right? And so I think if you determine how you want to navigate through that and who you surround yourself with and your mindset, right? Getting up every day and having that habit. And it was very hard for meditating for me. So you have all these laundry lists of things to do, right, in your mind. Yeah. And quality versus quantity. We're always rushing through things. I mean, I found myself, and I know this is TMI, but even rushing to go to the bathroom. Like, what am I rushing for? Like, I gotta get, you know what I mean? Get somewhere, you know? Yeah. Like, sometimes we're like this, and you just, have and I'm high energy anyway. And so the thought of that was really calming to me to be able to bring that into my life and to practice that every day. And at 46, not perfect. I Like I was telling you in my text, I'm learning so much during this time because I feel like I'm imbalanced at the moment. We have so much time, right? And I delve so much into work, and then all of a sudden it's 2.30 and the kids haven't eaten. You know what I mean? <laughs> You you know, like what's going on or even in bed or I've I've gotten up so early that now I haven't, I've gone to bed early and I've missed that routine of the nighttime. So you have to give yourself grace. I think that was the number one thing, even going through divorce, when you walk with grace, nobody else can have that say because you know, in your heart that you're doing the right thing when nobody's looking. And I feel like even on social media influencers, all these things, you know, we want this cookie cutter life. And we're not perfect. We are imperfect. And it's how we navigate. Like we all do peaks well, right? It's in the valleys where we really see what kind of person we are and how we can determine moving forward. So,
0: and that is so key that you just mentioned like giving yourself grace. Life isn't perfect, we're not perfect the people around us aren't perfect and sure you know given this time of like coronavirus and lockdowns and we're with family more so and sometimes like you're in the same house days on end and like the kids are aggravating you or something and you just have to step back and say okay let's lead with grace today you know maybe they didn't sleep well last night maybe something else is bothering them maybe something is bothering you and just try to let it go and when you lead with grace and then you learn to let go of things you also learn how not to force things as well and that was something that was like playing on my heart the other day like i'm searching for a new place to live with my boyfriend like we don't know where we're going we don't know where jobs are going to take us And we're literally like searching on Zillow on the map going, oh, well, this is in budget. Do I want to move to Texas? Do I want to move to South Carolina? And then there's just so much of it that you're just like, you know, maybe if we're not finding the right place right now, like, just don't force it. Like we don't know what's around the corner that could literally transform our lives and take us to a totally different state and protecting us from like a huge lease in South Carolina. That's exactly right. And I think,
1: um, knowing that, you know, that decision is not gonna, you know, you can always shift, you know what I mean? We're very resourceful people. And I think if that's not the choice for you, you know, then you just shift. And I think it's how we shift in these moments, you know, like you say, that are key and making the process, right? I think so much like I've, you know, don't rush the process. Like I love the jewelry making process and laying everything out. And I think so many times that we are wanting to get on the other side of it, instead of really learning, you know, the process and what it is like I watched the, you know, Gary Vee, and we were talking about, you know, building the highest building or tearing the other person's building down. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it's difficult when you have something that you want to share with people. And yet people want to take advantage of it. But you have to really see the good, I think in those moments and what joy you are bringing people, because nobody's going to do it as, as I do it, right. So I'm not afraid of showing the process to somebody else because I know in me, you know what I mean, they're from me. So, so I just think that we have to look at our intention behind everything we do and I tell the kids, I'm not telling you this because I just want to be a pain, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I am I generally care and I generally think that this is going to benefit you in the long run and having those people in those moments um, give you that advice I think is so key, you know. And how you take it like I, i'm finding that i that i hold on to things you know what i mean like I go going and i'm really you know what i mean like somebody scorned me because i feel like sitting in judgment of myself and then you reflect that on others does that make sense so i feel like sometimes i'm so irritated and then i have to find a way to be able to get over that you know what i mean because you're gonna let it ruin the whole day
0: right one, and know. speaking of judgments like for me it's been a couple of months ago, but I was talking to somebody about judgments and like the neuro-linguistic programming and and NLP. And they said something that was super key of how to release judgments and why sometimes the judgments affect our lives today in different ways, especially for creatives, is that most of the time there were events that happened from when you were 18 and younger that have been ingrained in your minds of times that you had, like, a lot of judgment, or maybe you weren't making the highest grades, or maybe, like, for me, it was like, oh, you have to make straight A's, you know, and yeah. things like that, like, education was super important, this is how you're getting into a great university, and this is what it is. And once you look back and you're like, oh, so that's why, where the dots all connect, if we let go of this, then things will get better. And also, I don't know if you've heard this yet or not, but Brene Brown has something that is super positive in light to judgment. And especially on creatives, whether you're writing, whether you're designing jewelry, speaking, art, you name it, is that she only has a like a one by one piece of paper that she carries with her of five people that their opinions actually matter to her. Oh, that is awesome. And then whenever like somebody's trying to like push that judgment into her and be like, well, you're not good enough or, you know, you could do it better. And like when you feel like, honestly, this is my best that I have right now, She goes back to that piece of paper and then looks at it and was like, well, are you on my list? If not, then let's move on. That's awesome. Because I feel like in this, in this, my industry
1: um, lately, and this is so crazy. I'm not usually an emotional person. I'm an emotional, like, um, like I get self spooled I call it. You know, I get super super little things, Um, but I'm finding that I'm emotionally taking on and absorbing others of their negativity. And it almost makes me like, get smaller and smaller. It's really interesting that I've learned over this time that I, even though somebody's venting or upset, I literally feel like I need to fix it or change it or make it better or just, ah, you know, go away kind of thing. And I, that's right. not a- to be, and I'm really trying to listen and not absorb it emotionally. And they were saying that sometimes when you are around a lot of crystals or, or stones, that you do have a heightened sense of that. And, um it's just really have affected me or people's story. Like I get really emotional, um, of things, especially in this world that's going on, you know, just the commonality or having to explain to your children why what's going on, you know, with COVID, um, and, and the riots or people's uh, Mm -hmm. ideals or what they find important to them. And then you have people sitting in judgment, but they're not even, they haven't even gone through it or they're not understanding your perspective. So when I live in, I live close to La Mesa, and um, they burnt down my banks, coffee shop, oh,
0: No, uh,
1: uh, part of my grocery store. And so it's really interesting when you tell people, like, oh, it can't be that bad. Or what, you know, and I think to myself, I have to drive by this bank. Right.
0: Or- you know what actually happens. Anyway. Block
1: from me, And you think about, you know, and I think about these people, like, where's your stance? And where is your um, morality and your community like you know like the pharmacy or your grandmother had to go to that pharmacy for what and i just think like there's there's got to be another way to express yourself and i and i feel like during this time i really have to set up boundaries for myself because i just find myself you know i I just don't even know how to explain it so i'm really trying to um shift and make that balance for myself because again i'm finding that it's you know i'm absorbing it you know
0: Right. And it does affect you. And it affects all of us. And especially when you have to drive past it, and setting up those boundaries are key, whether it's not listening to the news 24 seven, or, you know, turning things off to try to detach or like turning the phone off an hour before bed, or, you know, getting out in nature, different things like that make even like you think it's something so small. But it makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, we set aside time on Mondays
1: and Fridays to go um, to the ocean and, and walk and I just I love, you know, I love it. And it's, it's a time to reset, recharge and not think about those things. In life that are really daunting and I I, you have to have that outlet and I think that's where when when I started meditation when I speak to people they don't have that practice in their life and so my stand in my booth to meet all those people and to bring some small piece of joy to them to look down in a world where it is chaos and it is ugly in some parts you know um, to tie to reset like that piece of paper you know with the names on it bring joy with um, Amala or a bracelet or something that they put intention on that they can wear and they can look down and be like, "All right, I'm, I'm good." <laughs> you know, I have this right. Something so small, and I know that sounds so insignificant, but I feel like not working with autistic kids, even children now, I do it in a different way, in a different uh, part of my community, I guess. So that brings me joy,
0: and <laughs> a lot and of, it, and it helps so many people, yeah. like. Let's dive into this jewelry making. So the malas, the meditation, your designs. I was looking at them. And I'm like, these are incredible. And as a creator, like you said, like you're not afraid of sharing the process because you're the only one who can do it like you. And you're going through like designing earrings on Instagram lives and sharing oh. them on your feed. And yeah. it's so cool to see the process. Yeah. It's incredible. So what inspires you for your pieces? Like, does it intuitively come or do you, is it hear you when you go out in nature or? It's,
1: um, so a lot of things, I think color. So I don't have any design background. So this is a mala and it's 108 beads. And this, this one particularly has a tassel. This is citrine. And then this is just some decorative pieces at the bottom. And it's interesting when things are on my desk or colors will hit and I'm like, Oh, that'll look good, or I'll just put together some pieces. I think in this creative process I've learned that nothing is wrong. Um, and so many people will love your pieces, or you think who's gonna wear it? And so that's another key thing. This gentleman last night bought these itty bitty dainty earrings, and he was like six five, total soda <laughs> bean, and it was interesting. He's like, oh, great. right, I'll take these. And then another gentleman I thought it was really um, had very pastel colors, and I just thought it was a really soft um, mala. And it's interesting. And he was another one that was like six five football player, and it was teals and greens and gold. And he's like, "I'll take it," and he just put it under his shirt. You know what I mean? And he's like, "It reminds me of my mama." And so, it's So it's really interesting of what attracts people. But each bead, each type of crystal has a healing property. Sorry, if it's moving. And so I'll go through the top. This is called the guru bead, which means bringing darkness to light. And that's the last bead right here, the 109th bead. And that's where all your prayers or your intentions, and it said this should be for your teacher or people that inspire you or people that have taught you something. And normally you're supposed to be gifted a mala. And then the first three beads are supposedly given up to the gods. This is a transition bead here. And then another transition bead. So usually it's increments of nine. Mm -hmm. And go around, there's another set of nine, another transition. And I mark the halfway mark. And so your fingers are made up of elements. And so this is um, earth is your middle finger. And um, I'm sorry, sky and earth. And that's how you hold Amala. This is your fire finger. And so when people point at you, it's a really um, directing fire at you. Like, this is you're not, that's, you're not supposed to use this because it will burn out your intentions. To me, I think meditating is meditating, right? Quality versus quantity. So all, there's all kinds of rules or whatever. But I think sitting down, making a practice, making something that's comfortable for you, um, having something that speaks to you, smells, sounds. Um, in the morning where you're uninterrupted, I think it's really important to carve out that time every day. And again, it could be five minutes just to restart and to reflect on your day. And a mala is to set your intentions. And so as you wear it, it's supposed to manifest good intentions, right? So mine is I am wellness. And you have different malas that suit a a certain time in your life, right? So you can have several malas with different meditations or different mantras, just like a rosary. Rosary has specific prayers for each segment, Right. right? So you can have a prayer like I am wellness and then when you hit the transition bead, you can change an I am confident, or you can do each bead can have a different prayer or the same prayer all the way around. So how, how you hold it, I hold, I'm left-handed. So I cup the remnants of the beads in my hands and I have the tassel facing towards me. I don't know if you like that. Okay. And uh-huh. I middle finger like so, and then I put my middle finger on top of the bead, Okay, and so I'm at the peak right now. And then as you meditate, you roll it towards you. Okay, like that. And so you'll say, I am wellness, and you'll breathe out and you'll roll it towards you. So as you go, right, you're doing each breath, I am wellness, I am confident, and you'll go all the way around to each bead and breathe. And then as you get to the guru bead, right, so I'm on my last (laughs) one. and then this is the guru bead and it's facing out now. You don't want to jump over the guru bead, okay? You want to take it and turn it and go the other way. So you always want the tassel you and pulling it towards you, if that makes sense. And so as you wear it, it's supposed to manifest and you're supposed to feel the weight of your intentions. The tassel helps cross that energy across your body. You do not have to have a tassel on a mala. But when you cut a tassel on a mala, everything about a mala is very symbolic. You cut away things that don't serve you. So I leave the tassel uncut. So when the person who buys it, they can cut those things out of their life. They can sit down and reflect. Say, these things are not serving me. I'm going to cut it out of my life. And it's really cute because some of the girls that come to OB, they're like, can I just leave a couple loops? You know, <laughs> for later, you know, if I have to Great. Right. So, I mean, you could do that as well. You can leave it looped, however you want to do it. Um, and then it said you're supposed to take it off uh you should cleanse your you should cleanse your mala before even wearing it um usually when i make a custom mala it comes across my desk and right into somebody's hands but if i'm at the market and i've made a piece for somebody else you should cleanse your mala in the light of the moon the sun you can also sage palo Santo wood um but you also want to become attuned they say to your mala so usually you wear it for 40 days under mm-hmm. your clothes It's not so much a, um, they call it a power sacred object. So a lot of people use, uh, wear it because it's pretty uh, as well, but you should never share your mala if you are praying on your mala or um, putting intentions on it, right? Um, And you never want it to hit the ground. Again, it's a power sacred object and so you want it to manifest all those positive things. Um, So when you're sitting down, try not to let it hit the ground. Uh, is what I always try to say. Um, and that's, that's pretty much the anatomy of a, of a mala. If you're in a negative space, a lot of people will take it off, and they'll wrap it around their right hand as okay. well. Um, and usually it fits perfect. It's interesting, as you wear a mala, and um, it'll just kind of uh, fit you like a glove. A lot of people say, Oh, it's too tight, or how many times around. And it's interesting, as you become attuned to it, you're like, oh, it's, you know, it just feels right. Right lot of people do that as well, where they um, will pick up a piece. And even though they may not like it aesthetically, something about that piece, um, they're, they're drawn to it. So I've been really fortunate to meet some just epic pieces and design pieces for people. In business, though, I've become um, better because I want to bring joy to a lot of people. So when people when you get people that love your pieces, I'm like, you can have it. You can have it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is so not good business. But for me, I want to give, give, give. And it's just like the Gary Vee type of mentality. Do you know what I mean? I'm not to capitalize or to, um, to do that to people. I want to bring joy to people, but I'm also finding that, um, you have to have a balance. So I'm definitely trying to get better at business and trying to get better at, um, really um, listening to people and what they, what they need. Um, because when you lead with my story, then it shifts the energy, right? Right. You want, but I also don't want to make it about me. I want to make sure that they understand that you, too, in life, right, have that ability to shift during a time of total darkness and come out. It's not if, it's when. When. And having that little shift in those words is so key.
0: And I will tell you this like, from a business aspect, and You know, I've done experiential marketing for hundreds of brands and across. And that's one of the key things is like giving away stuff for free, giving away experiences for free, giving away, you know, whatever it is. And that's something that I've learned, you know, as like we both follow Gary Vaynerchuk. I know Kristen's on here too, watching Uh, all of it. Adam was in here. Everybody is all connecting. And that is like a, such a vital piece. It's like D-Rock says it, Rico Incarnati says it, it's like doing the free work. And right. at the beginning, like that's key. That's the time where you are like, I don't know if I can afford it. it like I'm giving away so much value, I'm doing this. Right. But in reality, when you look at it, you're like, this is what's going to connect with people. Definitely. Somebody is going to see my work maybe somebody who's wearing my pieces down the road and they'll be like, Oh, where did I get this really neat Mala from? They're going to be like, I got it from Jerry Young designs. Go check her out on Instagram. Here's her Etsy page. Go buy one. Um, Like you never know how those connections work. And yes, at times you're like, I don't know the business part. It's not always connecting or I don't know how to monetize it. And like, Take it as it comes, like, you know, if it feels right to give away a piece for free or do a free consult with somebody or, like, keep sharing content and stuff that you're like, well, maybe I could offer a course on how to do malas and meditate. And if you try it, like, for free at first and get people in, then, you know, down the road, you'll be like, okay, well, now it's time to monetize on it or, you know, this is where I see life transitioning and how I can make money off of this and so forth. And it's funny as well. My boyfriend is not the entrepreneur style, but we've both been in experiential marketing. And every time I'm like, Ooh, if you get into woodworking now, then we could start selling furniture. And he's like, not every hobby has to be make money off of it. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I understand it. Um, But some days that's how my mind works. Um, right. but you know, the more the pieces connect, the more you get your name out there, the more you do things like coming onto people's shows or starting your own Instagram lives, it'll connect with the right people without a doubt.
1: Definitely. And like connecting with Adam, like uh, he's one of my best, mates. I love him. And it's just interesting how, like you say, how organic it involves uh, and who you connect with. And I feel like I have a lot of friends zero to five. You know what I mean? Like little kids that come to the market and I make like little bracelets. And I think it resonates with people when you want to get down on their level, whether they're three or whether they're a hundred and three. Yeah. They want that personable personability, you know, with you. And I think so many times where I have to rein myself in because being chatty Kathy or you've got so many people in front of your booth to try to focus and and it's just like shiny, you know, to me. And I almost am like a spectator in my own business as <laughs> And I need to get better at that. But, like you say, it brings me such joy to resonate with people and make pieces for people. Like, I remember when I first started, there was a, a lady, and she's a, a, a girl. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 46, and she was, I believe, under 30 and had a double mastectomy, breast, you know, had breast okay. cancer, as well as, a, you know, had, uh, I, I think it was ovarian cancer. And she's under 30, you know, and she came to me and she's like, you know, I really think I need this in my life. And I'm like, oh my God. This is an opportunity for me to bring these things. Here she is going to chemo and like, I'm going to get emotional, but I I gift it to her and she is doing lovely, but it's those things that really manifest in, in me to do what I do um, in life. And I would give all of my pieces away if it meant bringing joy to them and sharing and resonating that with people. And I think it's so key. Like when people come to the market, like I made little itty bitty bracelets for little kids Uh Being in the teacher profession and I would see good manners. I'm like, Oh my god, that's so great. Thanks for so good manners. And I would see mm-hmm. a bracelet. And the parents were like, Oh God, I, I don't want to pay for it. Don't give it to them. And I'm like, I would never hand some child a that's bracelet right. you know what I mean? <laughs> what they're saying because I feel like they want to bait and switch. So there's very little that is free in this world today. Um, and just giving it just to give it like a smile, yeah. a blow. Me, if you want to, and it's funny because I've been made fun of a lot. I remember where um, I was sitting on—it's this crazy—and she was an older autistic woman, and Uh it makes me fearful because there's so much darkness in the world. And so I was on this trolley, and because I have a vision issue and I can't see very well, I almost look like I'm intoxicated because I have to go over transitions um, because I can't—the depth perception—it's equal to me. It's not like that. That makes sense. And so um, I sat on the outside because I was not in a very good part of town and I didn't want to open myself up. And so it was really crowded. There was like a flash mob that came on, you know, when hundreds of people, uh-huh. rally or whatever. So she goes, I don't know where I'm going to sit. And you could tell her mannerisms and things like that. So I was really in tune right away. And it sounded like Forrest Gump. You can sit next to me if you want to. <laughs> and I. Over and she sat next to me, and we chatted the whole time. I missed Mustafa, girl, and it's dark at this point, don't know where I'm going. And I'm like, right. Mustafa, and we chatted. And she goes, I just love you. I can watch your children. And it's interesting to me, I'm like, Well, I don't know you. You're a stranger. So to have mm-hmm. me sitting next to her and knowing, right, but just imagine that darkness was sitting next to her. So I feel like we have moments that cross our path that we really have to make an effort. <clears throat> and uh, you know what I mean? Stop and make sure right. things in life. Because I brought her joy and she's literally on the outside when she got bye, Tara, bye. <laughs> you know, That's amazing. And it was just really almost like an angelic, childlike thing. And so I was so glad that it was me that said, you can sit right. of somebody else or her standing somewhere or being I, I don't know. So in a small sense, and it may be narcissistic, I felt like I affected her in a way. And I feel like if our intentions and our pride and our grace is what we lead with instead of marinating in that darkness is so, so important. So I hope I hope do to people in my designs or my pieces in life and even outside of business.
0: So that is. Totally and nice. it shines through and it, it is not narcissistic at all to think that you were on that trolley for a reason. You were sitting where you were for a reason. Like God puts people in our lives, the universe, everything happens. Like we said earlier, happens for a reason. And, you know, you might've been her saving grace that day and a protector. And just having that joy in life is what each of us wants to do, you know, yeah. What, what made me
1: realize is that she was so like, I, I just kind of rested my, I was like, it's okay. You know what I mean? She was, oh, excuse me. And I said, that's okay. And then she was, oh, and she like leaned right in and felt <laughs> that she was just craving that. You know what I mean? And I just, yeah. of like COVID and not being able to touch people. You just never know, you know, how you affect people. So just take that time, but be, be safe. I feel like, um, I'm learning to not open myself up and to be more protected a little bit because I am so friendly and I am so outgoing that it does have to be a part of a safety type thing too, for me. So I am definitely trying to make that balance as well or recognize it because so much, so many times I have blinders. And I think everybody is lovely.
0: Right. <laughs> and that's key too. Like we're going into the world and being these bright lights and the high energy and you're always connecting with people. There are right. times where I've been like, Oh, it's, you know, I'm just craving that connection again with people, and then you go outside and you like try to say hi to somebody, and they're like, Well, what are you doing to me? Like, and- I don't know you, I don't know what you're doing,
1: and uh, no one's going through, I think, too. Instead of like, Oh, okay, not saying hi, you know, whatever, instead of taking that on, and I feel like it's almost instinctual, and I'm trying so bad to get out of that habit. It's maybe it's not you, it has nothing to do with you, maybe they just got a yeah. horse. News, or maybe they just got in a car accident, or, you know, something might have happened. Here's
0: Lucky. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, so I just think you have to, oh, don't, oh, sorry. (laughs) The phone. I just think you have to really put in perspective, you know, what's important to you and how you allow that to to affect you. And, And again, it's an everyday practice, really trying to learn and navigate through that. So, and again, I'm so appreciative to to be able to connect with people like you and Adam and to have those relationships. I think it's so important.
0: Oh, definitely. And connection is key. Connection is what we've all been longing for. You know, I've been saying it and I recently had Jill Eichmann on, who's my cousin, and she does improv and everything. And even when we're remote workers or even when we're in our boxes, it's still like, you could have people around you and your family, but still feel lonely because you're not having those quality connections or whether it's roommates or whatever. Whatever. So any way that we get these connections into our life are truly a pure joy, pure joy for me, for others. You know, some days, like you said, people may not be on the same page and wondering, you know, well, I, I don't know how to take this person today, but when you go with the intention of being that bright light and sharing your joy, it's absolutely contagious.
1: That's exactly right. And I think sometimes that my story resonates with people, and I try not to tell people, like, oh, how'd you get into this? You know, well, I was blinded. You know, so you're like, oh, you know, and so <laughs> I leave with that because I don't, I, but I just want them to understand, you know what I mean, that it's all about perspective and how you perceive things. And even though you may have been hit with something dark, organically, it, it will get better, especially if you have that intent around you. You just have to have patience and you just have to know that you are worth it and that, that things will get better. And if not be that best version that you can be wherever you're at. And like you say, lead with intention and lead with that, um, that, you know, You know, and sometimes you may not know, but I think in the back of your mind, just know that you have a good foundation to, yep. to, which is key. And if not, reach out. I think so many people, too, mental um, illness, wellness, all those things go hand in hand where you have to reach out. Or if you see something, just say, hey, I'm, I, I see you. I'm checking in on you. Or, or writing letters or just doing something. I know we're not going to go back to the technology, you know, is always going to be there. But I think a written letter or a note or just picking up the phone or a text or like, you know, any of those things, I think is so helpful if you know somebody is going through something, or maybe you don't, you know, and you haven't seen them. Like,
0: it just Exactly. Like, if somebody is on your heart, like, whether it's a friend, a family member, and you're like, well, maybe I should check in on them. I haven't talked to them in a while. Right. Like, take that as a sign, pick up the phone, take 30 seconds out of your day, call them up, send a text message, say hello. Right. And also, in regards to, like, letter writing, like, that is so key. It's so helpful, and I know there's a bunch of us who are like, I don't want to go to the mailbox or the post office to get stamps. Um, I will say this. I joined a subscription for Felt. Like, this is not an ad whatsoever. Um, But Felt does postcards, and you can also do photo postcards as well, and, like, letters or just say happy birthday. Have you you seen the puzzle that you can make? No, I haven't done the puzzle yet. So
1: cool. Yeah, where you can
0: write on it, and you break it up, and it's a puzzle. Also was- check that one out.
1: For kids, yeah. And it just getting that in the mail. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's just so great to have just something, a small joy of something, instead of going and having it looming. You know, it's almost like debt. You know, you were in control of what you have, and so much of things, I think, are a facade. You know, to try to teach kids that, you know, like, what you see may not be what you get, you know, uh, or what's behind the screen, you know, so... Yep do now really can reflect you know and and have that burden on you so the things that are, are in your control I think is so important to be able to do like you say when it comes across your way make that effort whether it just be a letter a text or whatever maybe
0: be I know we're just saying hi like you said opening the door smiling it's something that we all need today so
1: and it's so cute at, at the you know when we have the mask because here in San Diego we're still having to wear the darn mask that the um at the farmers market, and I want everybody to be safe, obviously. But with children, and when you work with children, or the emotions of it, you know, yeah. what I mean? it's like you know, pulling it down and smiling, oh, <laughs> you know, and smiling and showing them, you know what I mean. That not everybody, you know, we we want to see you as well, you know. So. Right. Lucky start. My cat. <laughs> <laughs> trying uh, to get
0: in on the show. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We rescued her. Uh, she. We found her by the dumpster. She was like three and a half weeks um, old. So, yeah. So she's brought. I've never had a cat, so she's brought a lot of joy. She's like a dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Jaya, as we begin to wrap up here, is there anything that you else that you would like to share? Where can we find more of your designs and your work? Um, so I'm on Etsy.
1: Um, from Jara Young Designs. Not every piece that I have is on Etsy. So Instagram uh, is probably the best place. You can always reach out to me, um, Jara McConnell, uh, uh, at Gmail if you'd like to reach out that way. But Instagram is probably the best way. All my designs are there. Um, If you'd like more information on how to make a mala, if you'd like to see me uh, make some things, uh, I could do that as well. Uh, Everything I make is one of a kind and different pieces. So that's what I would like to do is be able to infuse your mantra into my pieces so you can wear it and it manifests for you in your life and bring you joy. So those are the, you know, it's just really important to me, I think, to have something that brings you joy and that is handmade. And that's that's what I do. So I love it. And I'm also a farmer's market. So if you're local in San Diego, we do Ocean Beach Farmer's Market in Ocean Beach, California. And that's four to eight off of Newport and Cable. And then there's also Otai Ranch in Chula Vista on Tuesdays from four to seven. So.
0: Wonderful. Well, Chara, thank you so much, guys. You've heard it here. First, go follow Chara at Chara Young Designs. Check out her Etsy shop. Her pieces are incredible. Highly, highly recommend. You go check them out. To one thing today that brings you joy, we are sharing so much of it here. So please be that light share the joy, share the goodness that is happening all around and have an amazing day. Thank you for joining us for coffee, Jara. And I'll talk to everybody soon. Bye guys. Bye. Be well.